The whole crew. This list is insane. I'm I, peeking onto Travis's list because we don't look at each well, other's list. And I thought I was bad. The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 206. It takes 24,901 miles to fly around the world, which means we've done that a couple of times this year. But we only would have made it a fourth of the way around Jupiter. One of the biggest constants for me on the year 2015 was my Tortuga backpack. It has been with me on thousands and thousands of miles worth of trips. It has seen the highest of highs and the lowest of lows of 2015. And if you're going to be traveling in 2016 and you want a good travel backpack, make sure that you head on over to tortugabackpacks.com. We've got a special promo code for you to use. Type in the code EPOP. E-P-O-P, all capital letters, because that will get you 10% off anything you order over at TortugaBackpacks.com. Hey, EPOP fans, just a quick bit of housekeeping before we get to the show. This is part one of our three-part series for our 2015 year in review. And in this show, we're going to be revealing some of the numbers behind our 2015 travel. How many miles did we travel? How many miles did we fly? Where are the places that we stayed? How many different places did we stay? All types of nerdy number stuff like that. And we're also going to be handing out some superlative awards. So just like your high school yearbook, we're going to be diving into some quick hitters. What were things that we were most happy about? What were things we were most underwhelmed by? What was our biggest travel mishap, things like that in this episode. Then in the second episode that's going to come out next week, we're going to be diving into our top 20 meals that we ate in 2015. Heather will give 10. I'll give 10. We'll also talk about wine, beer, and coffee. And in the third part of our 2015 year in review, we're going to reveal our 20 top experiences of 2015. So you don't want to miss any of these. You can get all these episodes at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods. Of course, you can find it at iTunes, on Stitcher, or on Jabbercast. So we got a three-part 2015 year in review series. And don't forget, you can obviously leave us comments in any of the show notes for these episodes so that you can interact with us and tell us how your 2015 went. All right, let's get on to the show. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is a person who has slept in two more places than I have in the year 2015, my wife and constant travel companion, Heather. Hey, everyone. And Heth, I'm actually a little bummed. We are going through our whole year and going through every single night of the year and where we spent it so that we could have a kind of a really good overview of everything we did. And we are adding up all these stats, which I'm going to tell you in a minute, and we're going to give you our best and worst. But I was a little bummed that you had actually slept in more places this year than I had. And you actually said to me as I was adding them up, are you trying to make sure that you catch me? 
Yeah, why does that bum you out? Is you like to win at everything? I have no idea. It's just one of those things when we're adding it up. Obviously, we travel a lot together, um, but there have been some times this year where we've been separate and we were making a list of all the different places we had slept. And I guess I was just surprised that you had slept at two more places than I had. We're going to get into that in just a moment. So congratulations on winning then. Wow. I am very lucky in life. A very lucky young lady. Maybe we'll get you a trophy, a little necklace, something like that. A little medallion with a number 74 on it, because that's how many places you slept this year. So guys, what we're going to do in this episode, as I already mentioned, we're going to give you our, uh, our breakdown, our stats, our travel stats for the year, everywhere we slept, the number of places that we slept, and then the breakdown of that, how many miles we've flown, how many total miles we traveled, the countries we visit, the states we visit. And then we're going to go into best and worst, where we talk about our accommodations, we talk about flight and we talk a little bit about some superlatives like, um, you know, the most underwhelming thing that happened to us this year, the most unexpected thing, things like that. So just so you're getting a full overview of our year in review, this is the first episode. We're going to do a separate episode on our favorite meals, our top 20 meals of the year of 2015, because we tried to put it in this episode and we realized... No, that's just going to take too long. So we have a separate episode that'll be coming out, our top 20 meals of 2015. And also we'll be talking about beer, wine, and coffee, of course, and that giving you some hints on that. And then we're also going to do an episode that's just our top 10 experiences for the year. So this is going to be a little more of a rapid fire, quick hitting one. So let's get right into it. And let's get into the numbers, Hath. We actually tried to add up all the miles that we traveled. And to tell people how we did this, we went through every day of where we spent. And then we looked at all the flights. And we also looked at how we got in between places. So this miles are a little shorter. They don't include every little trip we've taken. It's only kind of the big trips. And when we look at the miles flown, I also didn't include like layovers. It was like if we ended up flying between JFK to Cape Town, I checked how many miles it was between JFK and Cape Town instead of putting in JFK to Charles de Gaulle to Doha down to Cape Town. So um, so actually, we've probably flown even more miles than this. We have. I was really nerding out on this, but even I, even my eyes were starting to bleed and my head was starting to spin when I was yeah. going through it. So and I had to make it a little easier. It took a couple of hours just to go through all of the trips and all of the flights. So we ended up flying destination to destination 72,278 miles. Yes, which is a lot. I wish we had done this every year to date. We haven't. This is the first year we've done it. So I can't compare that to other years, but we did fly quite a lot and quite a lot of miles. Overland then, whether that means us driving in rental cars or taking buses, the closest estimate I could get was 9,503 miles. Now, obviously, this would be a lot higher because like when we were in Corsica, we drove all over the island. I didn't include that. It was only if we were kind of driving in between certain areas. That still surprises me. Like That's a lot of driving. That's like from Philly to LA and back. Yeah, it's like Philly, LA, Philly, LA, or Philly, LA and back, and then Philly to LA. It's like three times yeah. across the U.S., and that doesn't include, uh, we're not talking daily commute or we don't have a daily commute. That isn't talking like little trips. It's only these big trips that we take. And it was surprising. That does include buses that we took in Myanmar and things like that. And uh, that 
That's a total then, if you add it up, of 81,781 miles, including 29 flights. So I actually looked at how many flights we took. Not how many times we stepped on an airplane, but how many flights in between two destinations. So we actually got off the airplane for layover and stuff much more than that. Than that. So all told, eighty over 81,000 miles this year. That's crazy. Is that enough to get you around the world? I don't know. You're putting me on the spot, but I would assume so. 81,000 miles is quite a lot. I'm sure we'd get um, around the world pretty easily on that. Talking about the places that we slept, this is what took us the longest to figure out because we actually had to go day by day. Luckily, Heather was Instagramming quite a bit and putting on Facebook so we could actually find out each day when we were leaving. I was looking through, you know, I had like 70 tabs open looking through all our flights of on AA, on Southwest, on British Airways, all that to give us a very specific and very accurate day-by-day recount of our year. So, You know what would be easier in the future is to just write it out somewhere as, as we, we go, go through as the year. We go. It certainly <laughs> would. That New Year's resolution, we'll start writing it out as we go January 1st. Heth, you slept in 74 different places this past year. Whew, that makes me just kind of tired thinking about traveling between that many different places You know, obviously, I stayed at some of them consecutively, but that's a lot of bouncing around. It is, because this does not include going back to a place. So, for example, we have our house here in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. That only counts as one place. There's 74 distinct different places, whether that be on planes. We'll talk about that, whether that be in different accommodations. So, yeah, 74 distinct places. I clocked in at 72. You're the winner this year with 74. I clocked in at 72 different places. And to break it down per night then. We spent 114 nights with friends and family. Yeah. So either that was my sister, Trav's parents, other family members, friends. I mean, we have a lot of friends. We've stayed with friends many a night. (laughs) Yeah. All around the world. Um, But these are people that we knew beforehand. Um, Then we stayed there, except for one couple of the leeches who we had only known on the internet before we stayed with them, but we stayed with them for one night in Phoenix. That was great. We stayed about tw- we stayed 29 nights with Jason uh, from Zero to Travel in Boulder. We spent at least that many nights with your sister, Emily, when we didn't have our own place here, but all told 114 nights with friends and family, which was the most amount of nights we spent in one like category. In one category. And then we had 80 nights at our own house. Now, considering that we basically moved into our house August 7th, and it's only at the time we're recording this, December 22nd. So I did actually did add on a few days to, to bring us to the end of December 31st. That's quite a few nights at our own place. And especially since we had not spent even one night in here in the last five years. So 80 nights at our own house that we've owned for the first time in five years. That's good. And it feels good. So 80 in our house here in Phoenixville. 50 nights at hotels. Some of these were top of the line hotels. Um, <laughs> we had a, you know, there's a little blurry area breaking down between a, hotels, guest houses, resorts, things like that. We tried to do our best. But 50 at what you would classify as a hotel. A lot of them, almost all of them when we stayed at hotel on hotel points. Some of them when we were in Switzerland filming our TV show 
um, were paid for most with hotel points, though. Then we had 40 nights at apartment rentals, which is one of our favorite ways to travel for accommodations. Most of these through Airbnb or Flipkey or something like that. 14 nights we spent house sitting. All of these, all of our house sitting nights were actually out in Breckenridge, Colorado this year for one specific house sitter. And then we spent another night in, a, in someone else's house um, while we were house sitting. So all in Breckenridge, Colorado. Then we spent 11 nights at guest houses. Yeah. And again, this, you know, a little blurry between hotels, but I was looking at kind of locally owned guest houses. This would be like the Golden Mango Inn, which we love and CM Reap and things like that. Guest houses slash hostels. We spent nine nights on planes, like nine overnights where we actually slept on planes. That doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me. Feels like more. (laughs) Yeah. Which it's kind of a bummer that we spent nine on planes and then only seven at resorts. Yeah, we need to like manage these numbers for next year, like change change the goals here. More nights at a resort, I think. Yeah, and the resorts the were both in Thailand, so don't think like we're out. <laughs> it wasn't too posh. They were really nice, but they were cheaper. Both in Thailand. We spent 5 nights at bed at one specific bed and breakfast in Cape Town. First time we'd been in a bed and breakfast. I don't even might have been the first time we had ever been at a true bed and breakfast just me and you like since we've been married, I think. Yeah, probably. Three nights we spent in Travis's notes, it says a crap hole in Yangon. I would not put this under the guest house or the apartment thing because it was so dire, and we'll get into that, that I had to weed this out. It's three nights at an awful, awful, basically flop house in Yangon in Myanmar. We'll get to that. Um, Three nights camping like legitimately camping in a real tent. I'm sorry, I can't even focus because I'm just getting flashbacks of the nights we stayed at that really it's terrible like, guest house. It's like PTSD Hostel. for yeah, that it's awful. guest house. It's awful. And anyway, <laughs> let's move on because we could have upgraded if we'd wanted to spend money, but we didn't. We toughed it out. So then we spent three nights glamping, which was very fun. Glamping meaning? Glamorous camping. Right. And we'll talk about what that included. So three nights camping, three nights glamping. And we spent two nights on overnight buses, both of them in Myanmar. One was not so bad. One was very Mm, bad. Yeah. And, you know, after we did the overnight bus about five years ago for the first time in Thailand, when we did it from Chiang Mai to Bangkok, I said to myself, I don't really ever see a need to take an overnight bus again in my life. Well... We, we did. We did. And I mean, the, the thing with Myanmar is that there are not a ton of options yet for tourism there because there are not a lot of flights going in between domestically in Myanmar. So we did take the overnight buses and yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. Only two nights on overnight buses. That's a low probably in the last couple of years for us. Mm-hmm. So we're going the other way from overnight buses. More at resorts, less on overnight <laughs> buses. Countries visited all told was 10, including the US. I guess it's not really visited, but countries that we we're in. A few of these were new. So kind of in chronological order, we were in the U.S. to start off the year. Then we went to Turkey, which was new for both of us. Then we went to Myanmar, which was new for both of us. Back to Thailand, one of our faves. We spent a lot of time there. And then over to Cambodia. So neither of those were new, but really, obviously, fun experiences. We love that part of the world. Mm -hmm. We went to Mexico, also not a new destination. Then we went to Switzerland when we were filming our TV show there, which was great. Not a new destination, but we did get to spend some time in new cities in Switzerland. For example, we had never been to St. Moritz. We had never been to Lucerne. And we had never been to Bern, really. So that was kind of cool. Yes, it was very fun. And then we were in Kenya. Never been. That was awesome. 
Except you skipped one. Oh, sorry. We spent oh. time in France. But, France. And in sorry. France, it's like Corsica. We're on the island of Corsica. That, so we'd never been there. Right. That was new. We had been to France, but never to Corsica. Then we spent, as Heather mentioned, time in Kenya. And uh, we actually then spent a day back in Paris on our way to South Africa. So Kenya and South Africa was the first time either of us had touched the continent of Africa. Uh, we went to Kenya. And then we came back to the U.S. and then we went back to South Africa. So a few new countries in there. Not as many, you know, we don't really checklist travel really where we're like, oh, we have to go to all the countries in the world. You know, for us, it's just kind of what comes up. But yeah, a few new countries in there, South Africa, Kenya, um, Myanmar, and Turkey. So so pretty cool overall. Four new countries, 10 countries total. Yeah. And a whole new continent that we've never been on before. Right. And then, which is pretty funny because we actually spent, we've been, went to more countries and this is kind of our MO than we did states this year. Because when you look at the states we went to, we're clocking in at eight different states. Right. So we have PA, New New Jersey, Jersey, New Hampshire, Colorado, California, Arizona, Texas, Tennessee. What about New York? Oh, okay. I did leave one off there. Uh, and I guess if you drive through it, it doesn't yeah, count. Yeah, I was just talking about ones that we actually spent time okay. in, but New York would be on that list as well. Um, a few new states in there for me. Tennessee. I had never been to Tennessee, so me we either. spent time in Nashville. I had never been to Texas. You had, I had been. But we spent time in Austin, which was a new city for both of us. I had never been to Arizona. That was really cool. And then a few other states that obviously we had been uh, spent some time in, in California, Colorado, New Hampshire, New Jersey, and New York. All right. So that's kind of the stat for us. A little brief recap, but we want to get into the best and worst because that's kind of where the, the fun happens, right? And we're going to start with accommodations. So for accommodations, to give you an idea of, of the money that we spent for some of them, we'll just start off with most expensive and cheapest. So with the most expensive place we stayed might actually be the most expensive place we have ever stayed in our life that we've paid money for. Right. And that would be the governor's camp, the glamping situation that we had in on safari in the Maasai Mara in Kenya. And that was about $600 a night uh, that included all your meals and, of course, your safari. But we paid out of pocket for that. We have stayed at some really high-end hotels like... Um, the Park Hyatt Vendome, which is $1,000 a night in Paris, but we used hotel points for it. So this was the most expensive place that we actually paid out of pocket. The cheapest, I believe, I was trying to figure this out, was the Chan, Chan Mai Guest House in Yangon, Myanmar. Oh. And um, this was the place that I, quote unquote, called a crap hole. Yeah. And that's just saying a nicely family friendly way of saying this is the worst place we've ever stepped foot in. And to, to be honest, it wasn't really even that cheap. It was about $25 a night. Now, I know that sounds cheap, but you know, you can get comparable places for 25 bucks a night in Thailand. You can get a place that's like a three star hotel, like a nice place. So this was the cheapest place we stayed in all year, at least right on the edge. Um, it was awful. And, uh, and we are going to talk about our worst accommodations. We'll hit on that there. Now, we didn't. So we talked about that with our list, but we didn't talk about these next ones as we usually do with these uh, when Heather and I do lists together because I don't want to know what you have to say. So these next thing, everything else that we are going to go through with the best and worst we haven't talked about before. So I want to ask you the best value accommodation that we stayed at this year. Well, in my opinion, the best value was the Radisson Blue in Corsica because we were there for six full nights. It's a beautiful hotel. It has its own beach. It's very quiet. It has a great pool. I mean, we would just sit at the pool and relax. And, you know, it was kind of like an infinity pool. So, I mean, it was an infinity pool and it just looked 
out over the ocean. So I feel like that was one of the best value because it was free. Yeah. So, so and this is a little hard. A lot of the ho- ones that we've used hotel points for. So that is the best value because it's free. I actually picked out a few that we paid money for as well. But you're right. We used our Club Carlson points. It was amazing. Um, we have had actually some really good hotel stays this year using hotel points. We also stayed at the Radisson Blue in Cape Town, South Africa. Um, and uh, we stayed at the Hilton in Sedona with hotel points. So we have used our hotel points more this year to stay in these kind of uh, big box or, or big brand hotels. Obviously not paying out of pocket, but using a hotel point. The best value that I came up with were the ones that were two that we paid money for. One of those we may have we have mentioned this before. One of our favorite places we went back to Golden Mango Inn in Siem Reap, Cambodia. It's about twenty five dollars a night. It's an awesome guest house in Siem Reap. Really cool pool. One of my favorite perks, Seth, as you know about this place with the pool. They don't it's, close. Yeah, it. it's open anytime you want to swim as long as you respect the quiet hours. But it's also great because when we first went to this accommodation was, I guess it was like three years ago, three or four years ago. And we loved it then. But since then, they have upgraded and built on to this original hotel, which is beautiful. It's filled with like lots of teak wood and stuff. But they have these really new updated, not suites, but like nicer rooms on the back of the hotel, which were very comfortable, brand new bathrooms and things like that. So yeah, you can't, I mean, Siem Reap has a lot of good budget accommodations. It's a fairly cheap place to be, but 25 bucks for Golden Mango. And uh, that includes breakfast in the morning, like a pretty substantial good breakfast. We love it. And the pool doesn't close. So I just, that's to me, <laughs> perfect. Um, the other one I want to mention is Friedenberg Manor in Stellenbosch. This is right outside of Cape Town, South Africa. We spent $70 a night for three people. So we got this cottage that slept three of us, Heather, her sister, and me. And um, it was $70 a night. That was included breakfast for all of us. And that was one of our favorite places of the year, for sure. Although that price is for the low season and for a cottage, which was a shared space. So it didn't have like two bedrooms or anything like that. So it was a great deal. But I think that the rooms are a little more expensive if you're going in the high season. I think they can range up to maybe 140, 150 during right. the high season. Right. So it's from 70 to 150 you could expect to pay there. Right. All right. What about the worst value accommodation this year? Um, the worst value for me was the night that we spent at the Fisherman's Village because it was a crappy experience, but it also cost like how much did we pay to sleep there? I think we paid like $60. About 60 bucks. And this was in a town called Arniston outside of Cape Town as we were driving the garden route um, from Cape Town out to Plettenberg Bay. We had been told, it's funny because we just go from the best value, which was Friedenberg Manor or one of the best values, to they had told us, Leon and Luke, the people who run that place, to go to this fisherman's house. It's a really quaint place. It's great. We went, it was about 60 bucks, which is almost the same amount we paid at Friedenberg Manor. And it was super bare bones. And there was just nothing to write home about. Yeah. It was not great. And like there, it was, it was just like dilapidated. You know what I mean? Like the kitchen... We didn't cook there or anything, but I went to like open the drawer and like the, the drawer, drawer broke. broke. Yeah. I was just, yeah, and there was no heat. It was really cold. So anyway, that was that was the worst. Thankfully, for me. you can't find this place. Like you wouldn't be able to book it because it doesn't no. exist online. So no. don't worry about it. Don't worry. You'll it. never find this place. Just You'll if never someone find tells it. you to go to a fishing village that was filmed in some movie, just 
just pretend you don't know what they're talking about. Move Skip on Arniston, and yeah. don't go there. The worst value for me was Panvamin Resort in Chiang Mai, Thailand. <laughs> Um, this is because Panvamin Resort's like $150. So to put this in perspective, $150, you should be getting a five-star resort in Thailand. Case in point, we actually went to a few other ones, even just for dinner that a friend of ours was the manager of. And it was about $170 and it was about 10 times nicer. So Panvamin Resort, um, north of Chiang Mai, it was just really expensive for that area. And I we didn't really like it. It was cool to look at. It was up in the mountains. It was a really neat architecturally, but the rooms were nothing special. The food was nothing special. No, and the food was expensive and it wasn't even that great. And the pool, which looked awesome, was like a three-tiered thing, got water from the mountains. Well, yeah, sounds cool in theory, except it's freezing cold yeah, and we were you, there in was, the summer. You couldn't swim in it. It so, was so cold. And I'll swim in almost anything. So, um, yeah, for 140, 150 bucks, there are so many better options in Chiang Mai. And the point is, you can get a really cool place here for 30 bucks. So, why do you pay five times more for this place? Uh, no, worst value. All right, let's go into your favorite accommodation of the year. I mean, I didn't give this a lot of thought, but the first thing that came to my mind was the Lanta Miami or Miami Lanta Resort in Koh Lanta, Thailand, because. The story with this is that we went to Kolanta with Trav's parents and we had booked a place and I thought we were getting a great deal and it was only about $40 a night. But when we arrived, we realized that it wasn't on the beach. It was like across the road from the beach and then you had to like walk, you know, a couple minutes to the beach. But we were there with Trav's parents and we wanted something to be a little more accessible and also Trav's mom had a foot surgery so she couldn't walk as much. So, you know, I'm like, running and biking along the road there where you know it butts up against the beach just trying to find a, a good place that's somewhat affordable and i happen upon lanta miami and it's what was it 70 dollars a night About 70 a night which to my night. sensibilities was too much travis but- gave us all a hard time about spending this much money which is so ridiculous because we went to Atlanta, Miami from the other resort, which was $40 a night. And it was nice. It was a very clean and a nice place. But, you know, here we are. We've got... It's on the beach. There's like an, you, infinity, uh, there's an pool infinity pool that, that looks out onto the beach. It's it, pretty it, it sweet. It like flows onto the beach. There's no road in between it. It's just, it's right there. It's beautiful. The food was great. The rooms were good. Anyway, we, we stayed there for five nights, I think it was. And it was just completely relaxing. And I loved it. And I thought it was, even though you, you know, bulked at the price a little bit, I thought it was completely reasonable. It was a really neat place. For such a nice day. If you're looking to spend that much money in Koh Lanta, that's, that, that's a great place at that price range. A few of my favorites, I couldn't... I, I, I'll narrow it down to my favorite, Spit but I want to give out, some Trav. honorable mentions. Oh, jeez. Um, my favorite, I think, was the Governor's Camp Safari in Kenya. Yes, it was $600 a night, but I wow. mean just... Well, just the fact that um, it was amazing. We had hippos walking through our campsite. We stayed in this crazy, awesome tent. The food was fantastic. We would go out on safari all day and see these amazing things. Like, So is it super expensive? Yes, it's super, super expensive. But if you're going to go on safari, it's probably going to be expensive anyway. And to get like, this is probably one of the top safari places, at least in the Maasai Mara, maybe in the world. So it's, it's especially the, I think in that area, the only one that's not fenced in. So the animals could yeah, and did they come, come on to the they campground. They come right onto the property. And I mean, it's very safe and they have 
you know, peep the employees working there guarding. And we had like a three but, room tent. I don't yeah. even know how they do it, but it was like this. It was a tent, but it was huge. You know, they're they're permanent structures, you know, so there's like a wood base and then these really strong canvas tents. Um, canvas walls all around you and the bathroom itself is very nice bathroom it had a tub in there didn't it have it maybe it, did. it didn't have a tub it had a tub and a really nice shower and they give you like hot water bottles for night because it gets really chilly and they like put them in your bed so you're really warm and cozy and just they do like, it right it's like a five-star experience and like travis said i mean it is expensive but it's not like you're paying that much like because you're because you're getting all these other things. You're getting the food, three meals a day, plus the safari experience. Right. Like you have your own guide. You're going out whenever you want. It's very personal service. So it's not like you're in Paris and you're spending $600 a night on a hotel just to sleep there. Right. So Governor's Camp Safari is my number one. There's three more that I just want to mention. One's the Bellevue Hotel in Bern. This is connected to their government building. So it's yeah. it's actually owned by the government. We stayed there one night while we were filming in Switzerland. It's a five-star hotel. It was crazy. It was so beautiful. It was beautiful. And it was crazy because when we were there, the French-speaking countries conference was going on in Bern. So we would be walking through the lobby and there would be all these African um, you dignitaries. know, dignitaries dressed in these amazing um, robes and just all these really, really important people. And then there'd be us walking around like, I just jumped in the river and I'm wearing my swimming suit. Like, <laughs> so, um, and we were getting filmed. So people thought we were special. It was pretty cool experience. It's a fantastic hotel. We never would probably stay there on our own because it's very, very pricey. But, um, that was a neat experience. Also, never free- say never, Trav. Never say never. Also, Friedenberg Manor, as I've already touched on, the B&B in Stellenbosch outside of Cape Town was a f- uh, incredible experience and the Hilton Sedona Resort in Red Rocks which we stayed in for Heather's birthday and we used our hotel points for this they really up they upgraded us for Heather's birthday because of our status and they gave us this crazy awesome like apartment it was like as big as our whole yeah, first floor in like our house a jacuzzi tub and a fireplace and like really nice views of Bell's Rock and it was great. It had a hot tub outside, two different pools, nice bar, yeah, really so good breakfast. So if, yeah, it if was If you got it Hilton points and you're going through Sedona, that's a lot of people will. The Hilton Sedona Red Resort in Red Rocks is a great way to use those points. Um, let's move on to flights uh, quickly. And I just want to ask you the best and worst flights that you've had this year. So the best flight, I think I might be able to guess, but yeah, go ahead. I think our best flight would probably be the same since it was the only business class flight we took this year. And that would be going back and forth to Switzerland, from New York to Switzerland this year. We had business class flights and they were exceptional. And especially on the way back, we had just such excellent service and we'd had a, a tough time getting our flight because we we got in late and then the one that we wanted to get on was available anymore so by the time we got on the plane it was like high stress high irritation i walk into business class and the the steward can tell the flight attendant can tell that i'm irritated and he's like oh can i get you some champagne you look stressed and i was like oh my word (laughs) why do we ever fly not in business class because they're just so attentive to your needs and like the food was great and you really get to rest and and arrive feeling refreshed so i I can answer the question of why we don't always fly in business because it's expensive it's expensive even if you're using points we we were comped this as part of our switzerland tv show gig which was really cool but i will say to people that if you have points uh miles to burn miles to burn bumping up from economy to business is worth it it's 
it goes from making experience like the flight something you dread, especially if it's a long one, to being one that's like fun and yeah, like uh, really you don't cool. even want it to end because you're like, oh, I'm reclining in a seat watching movies, being you know fed great dinners and that was the only downside of this fight was that it was too short it was a direct flight between jfk to zurich and it took us like seven hours so by the time you know over and then about like eight hours back so the thing that sunk was you know you wanted to watch a movie and you wanted to sleep you're like well i can't do both because i don't have enough time like i'm not gonna sleep for eight hours yeah yeah we didn't have enough time in business class um the worst flight for you this year the worst flight for me a lot of times like we went to um in and out of denver airport quite a few times this year and so many times the turbulence is really bad because of the winds going into that airport one time in particular when we went from austin to texas it was so bad like we landed and i thought i was just gonna vomit it was i did not feel well on that flight so that was it was a short flight but it the end part of it really i I couldn't remember the one that we felt felt sick and was that the one where we're both really sick getting off the plane Yeah. yeah um that was an awful one Another awful one was from Cancun to Denver when Heather flew back from Cancun to Philly and I flew Cancun to Denver with Jason. This wasn't bad for me. It was bad for Jason because he had food poisoning on the plane because he had eaten a shrimp taco right before he got on the plane. It must have been bad. He was really hurting you know the whole time the stewardess were coming out to me and i was back there with him there's nothing i could do and he was having food poisoning he was in and out of the bathroom he was just like looked like he was ready to die and said he <sighs> felt like he was ready to die that was awful because yeah. i felt okay but there's nothing you could do when you're on a plane so you just really feel for someone when that's the case um that was a really bad flight the worst fight that i had uh, Southwest flight from San Francisco to Philadelphia. Not because of Southwest or anything. We fly on Southwest all the time. We like it. But just tons of turbulence for whatever reason the whole way. And so when I got into Philadelphia, I then had to fly up to New Hampshire. And I remember getting off the plane and just feeling really, really, really sick. And uh, I was sitting in the Philly airport and I was meeting my friend Napkins, who some of you know <laughs> as, as a podcast guest. Actually, you all love him because you always tweet me that you love Napkins. And um, he met me because he was flying up with me in New Hampshire. And he's like, what's wrong with you, man? Because I was just laying on a seat. I said, I don't know. There's turbulence just beat me up on this yeah. flight. So Oof, that's brutal. a few bad flights I'm this year. I'm glad I wasn't on either one of those flights you, with you. <laughs> you were not. I Maybe you're my good luck charm. Yeah. All right. We're going to hop into some of the miscellaneous best and worst and of, of the year. And the first thing I want to touch on is the craziest thing that you did this year, Smalls. So the craziest thing I did this year, I snuck onto an all-inclusive resort in Mexico this I year. I forgot about this. Yeah. So my really good friend, Crystal, she's Canadian and she had a wedding to go to in Mexico and she wanted me to come as her guest because I also knew the bride and I'd met her like one time, but Crystal's like, I don't have anyone to go on. This wedding is like 10 people. So it'd just be really fun to hang out with you at the resort. So like, do you want to come and stay at the resort? So I was like, yeah, sure. And I kind of waited to the last minute, the resort booked up. And then like, we found out if she was to add me to her room as like a legitimate guest, it would be like $300 a night or something obscene. We're not willing to pay that. That I wasn't really wanting to pay because we were already paying for an apartment in, in Playa del Carmen. And so Crystal like got to the resort and she said, "Head, like it's really easy. They don't really check 
security here. And I mean, I don't know if I should really be going into detail yes, about you this should. story. It, it is what I was, it is. That's what makes this podcast great. I was We're like, really, I was really nervous about doing this because I don't, you know, want to break the law or anything. And, you know, Crystal's like, I think you could just sneak under the resort. It's not a big deal. You don't have to wear a wristband or anything like this. So we had a rental car. We went to the resort to pick up Crystal so she could hang out with us. So like, we haven't seen her in a year and a half. So it's a great reunion. We're hanging out. She's like, head, let's try to sneak you back into the resort. So Travis drives Crystal and I pack a little backpack. Travis drives Crystal and I to the resort and I'm hiding in the back seat, like covered up with you blankets. Know, blankets and a backpack and whatever. And we just go on to the resort and it's at night. So it's very dark. And before we get, you know, it's quite a long pathway up to the main entrance. And before we get to the main entrance, Travis just pulls over and he's like, okay, girls get out. And like, we just left. Right. So we left and Crystal and I walked into her room and it was like midnight and we ordered room service and we hung out and and then, you know, I was only going to spend one night there. The funniest thing that happened is Crystal got upgraded, like a free upgrade to this super VIP suite where you have your own like waiter and concierge and like a plunge pool and all this stuff. So then we get upgraded. It's even harder to pretend that, you know, I'm just a friend. Supposed to be there. Yeah, like, supposed to be there. But I ended up spending, what was it, two nights? Yeah, she spent two nights there, and uh, I had an apartment in Playa del Carmen that I was with Jason, and that was the original plan, but yeah, had snuck on, and um, it was no big deal. She spent a couple nights there, and we got um, to eat, drink, have fun, hang, hang out the with pool. the bridal party, and, and yeah. things like that. So, so it paid off. It paid in off. being that I didn't have to pay, and it was really fun. The craziest thing I did this year, speaking of breaking in, is that um, at one point when we were in Switzerland, uh, we met up with this guy and he said, do you want to go to a pool? And it was late at night and it was like a, bi- it was like a big yeah. pool complex in Interlaken, Switzerland. And we said, sure. And um, I forgot about this. We had to hop the fence um, into this pool and then we were in there and I don't know what would have happened if we got caught. I mean, obviously, we weren't supposed to be there past... Uh, past dark but we were so we uh we swam in the pool for a little bit but then we all got scared because like oh what if someone comes so we hopped back out and then we jumped in the crazy fast flowing river that cuts through interlocking and uh we swam down the river i actually jumped off the one bridge uh only me and this other guy and then the other 10 people or wherever we were didn't want to do it but me and this other guy got out jumped off this bridge and we um yeah this river was really flowing and he's like you got to make sure you get out before this one point because once you get to this point you you you're like, you could die because it's going to be a dam. So like, you know, it's dark. We probably shouldn't have done it. We did do it. Mm-hmm. It was a really fun experience. Yeah, it was very fun. We had a great night, but we paid for it a little bit the next day. A little bit the we next day. We were a little day. tired. All right. Here's a good question for you, Ethan. One that I don't okay. know how long it took you to figure this one out. I feel like you probably spent hours racking your brain. The best thing that you bought all year. <laughs> Actually, I didn't rack my brain that much because I didn't think about it. I just wrote down the first thing that came to mind and honestly it was really two things both things were footwear so the one thing was my danner hiking boots which travis did not want me to buy because they're quite expensive although i did get them on a sale at rei thanks for that rei and being a member having perks and getting 20 percent off those boots But they're still over $200, and I bought them because I knew we'd be hiking in Switzerland and we'd be going on safari, and I just don't own hiking boots. So I figured, you know, 33 years in this world, I should have a pair of hiking boots. I bought them. I got 
numerous compliments while filming our TV show worth Much every to penny. my chagrin, everyone said, those are awesome Mikey boots. They yeah. look great on TV. And then the producer actually said, Travis, what are you wearing on your feet? Because yeah, you he was wear wearing them. like barefoot, like wearing... his Vivo barefoot shoes. <laughs> and he's like, you can't wear them to hike. And I said, actually, this is what I hike. And he's like, all right, whatever. Yeah, well, Heather looks uh, yeah. good. But the producer was literally like, I don't think that we can show Trav's feet. So when you're filming, like, don't get Trav's feet in the shot. So yes, I, those boots are great. I love them and they're very comfortable. And then the other thing that I really liked were my Saludos Espadrilles because I wore those all over Switzerland, Africa, Europe, and they're just really, really comfortable. All right. I th- I was thinking that you were going to say the bag that you got at the market in Kenya, the huge little straw bag. Oh, yeah. But um, I guess not. Okay. Well. Uh, best thing that I bought was from Kenya, and maybe that's what I was thinking of it, and that was a spear from a Maasai warrior. So we went to a Maasai warrior camp. And uh, they were dancing around, doing the traditional dance, showing us what they did. The one guy handed me the spear, wanted me to dance around with him. I don't know why he singled me out of our group. I wasn't going to turn that down, so I did. And, uh, you know, they tried to sell you all these trinkets and knickknacks as you're leaving. I was not interested in any of that. I just said to him, can I buy your spear? And he was like, kind of taken back at first, but I guess he was like, yeah, of course you can. And uh, and then um, I actually bought his spear. I made sure that they had other spears that I wasn't taking his livelihood here. And it was really cool. And he was a really nice guy and it was a fun experience. And so I ended up buying the, the spear that he has been using for years. Now they're not allowed to hunt lions anymore. So like, if I ever tell you a story, yeah, this spear was used to kill a lion. You know that I'm lying, but it, it's just really cool. And it's just a keepsake that I'll always remember. And it's, it's a cool thing to hang up. And it's also a really cool story to actually just buy the spear from the guy. And, and it's one that he's been using for years out on the, in, in the Maasai, in the Maasai Mara. So, yeah, that is very cool. Getting home through the plains, uh, not so easy, but uh, we did get it home eventually and it was worth every penny. So, all right. Had the biggest change this year in our travel or in our life? So for me, that's obviously moving into our house. Like that's a huge change for the better because now whenever we come home from a trip, we have our own space. We're not inundated with a lot of other people or, you know, restrictions on where we can work and where we can sleep and and things like that. So, I mean, we're obviously very grateful to all our friends and family who have hosted us over the years. All those 114 nights this year. Um, Over the years. But there's something to be said for a little bit of stability and also to try to accomplish a lot of the projects that we need to do. You know, it's just nice to have a space to do that. Yeah. The biggest change for that I saw too has to do with accommodations. Obviously, having our own house is part of that, but also spending more money on accommodations. And we've done... Sometimes um, reluctantly. Sometimes reluctantly, but we've done a podcast on this um, where we talk about how our travel style has changed over the years and how it continues to evolve and why that's okay. Um, And you know why I am still super frugal. That doesn't mean we're not spending any money on accommodations. Uh, After our debacle... um, Oh, I guess we never even talked about... We skip right over it, probably could subconsciously our least favorite accommodations, which I think we would both say were the Chiang Mai guest house in Yangon, the what we yes. call the crap hole. It was like a flop house. After that time, I actually got really sick during our a day in Yangon where where I was having to go to the bathroom like every five minutes. I was just re- I was had, I had a to fever. lay I had a fever. I had to lay in bed all day and laying in bed in a place where you can see the mold all over the walls and the bathroom 
is is absolutely disgusting. I mean, it certainly didn't help me feel any better. So after that, uh, we kind of just came to the realization like there are going to be times where we're going to have to spend a little more money on accommodations, and obviously we don't break the bank still. But spending more money on a comms is the biggest change. I can't believe we skipped over right over our least favorite yeah, guest house. I'm trying. We don't to even have to out. talk about it. It was, yeah. but it was like a flop house. It was absolutely disgusting. And we've stayed in some bad places, and this certainly takes the cake. So that was our biggest change this year, from my perspective. What about the most unex? This is a fun one. The most unexpected thing that happened to us in a good way, the most unexpected positive thing that happened. So if I was to ask you last year, January 1st, 2015, hey, what do you think is going to happen? This would have been nowhere on your radar or it wouldn't have been as, or what we did, you never would have expected it to be as cool as it was. Um. So I think what I'm going to say is going to surprise you because like the obvious answer is that we entered a contest to film our own TV show and then we like went and filmed our own TV show. That is my answer. Which will be your answer. And I think that you had a little more fun doing that than I did. But my most unexpected thing is that we actually went to a conference in Arizona. And it was unexpected how much I enjoyed learning about online marketing. Because I never thought I would actually enjoy it. And I really enjoyed that conference and meeting people. And so, yeah, that was my most unexpected and that was a really cool trip. Uh, again, unexpected. I was happy to go to the conference, but unexpectedly, we also went to the Grand Canyon during that trip because we extended our thing and we Airbnb'd our place out for the first time, which was really cool because people were here using our place. We were making money off Airbnb while we were out there. We extended our trip, went to the Grand Canyon. That was one thing that was unexpected for me, how much I really loved the Grand Canyon. Uh, the Another unexpected thing before I get to the big thing, which was our TV show in Switzerland, was how much I really enjoyed Cape Town, South Africa. Um, I was not sure that I would love it. I mean, I know a lot of people said they loved it, but I just, I didn't think I would love it as much as I did. It's now probably one of my top three cities in the world. So yeah. unexpectedly. I think it's sometimes you go into a trip or a situation and you have zero expectation or maybe like in, in the case of South Africa, we didn't really even want to go on the trip. Nothing against South Africa, but we'd had a busy year and, you know, it was never on the top of our radar to really visit this place. It was kind of a spur of the moment decision to buy these tickets. So when we went, we were kind of like, yeah, it'll be cool. And like, yeah, we have no expectations. And then you go and you like, so it's, it's just free to be whatever you make it out to be. And so when you go in with something that's like very, not necessarily low expectations, but maybe no expectations. It was just, it was great. I loved it so much too. So it was. And I think you felt the same way going to Cape Town that that you weren't, you weren't thrilled to be going. And and then it turned out to be awesome. Um, The biggest unexpected thing, as we've talked about winning our TV show in Switzerland or going to Switzerland and filming our own TV show, uh, incredible experience. And, you know, all we can really say, we've done podcasts about that. If you want to hear more about that, dive into those podcasts where we talk about our pre-show jitters and then what the experience is like. But thank you to everyone who helped support us because that's why we got to do it because of you guys voting for us. So once again, as we've been saying, thank you, thank you, thank you for that. We crushed a competition and that was because you people, you guys are amazing. 
Yeah. And, uh, so you were the part of our biggest unexpected thing. Uh, never in our wildest dreams would we have thought we would have entered a competition, let alone won, let alone then had the experience. Right. In, uh, and I know a lot of people have been wondering when the show is going to come out. So do we have a specific Tentatively, date? Uh, the middle of January. So we're coming up on it. If you're listening to this at when we first record it, it will be coming out probably in the middle of January. Of course, we'll be telling everyone through social media and, and email and putting up on the blog and things like that tentatively the middle of january you'll get to watch it we have got to see the copy and it's better than we thought it's pretty cool um i hope you guys like it and as we said thank you for the support because who would have ever imagined that we would have got to film our own tv show um switching gears a little bit we talk about expectations what was the most underwhelming thing this year a thing that you thought i'm really excited about this and then maybe it didn't live up to the expectations because we talk a lot about this because travel you know isn't always the best i mean there's a lot of cool things happen but there are times you're like all right not as cool as i thought so there are two things kind of the first thing is that when we went to istanbul i had i had been wanting to go to istanbul for a while this is mine too and I th- and I and I didn't really like it that much. I didn't really love it. I think some of that has to do with the weather. We went in the first week of February and it was freezing and rainy and damp. And we also were meant to go for two weeks and then we only ended up going for four days because we had to push the trip back because of some business things. So, you know, we were only there for a short amount of time. It was great because we were there with Trav's sister, whom we love traveling with, but it, yeah, I just I didn't really like it, and I I want to go back and see some part other parts of of Turkey, and you know delve into Istanbul. Maybe in the summer, I feel like it's maybe a a, a, a city you could really enjoy more when it's warmer. And that's something I want to touch on too, because that for me was I was as excited about Istanbul. We had these really grand visions of it, and it was okay. And it was really cool after we met two locals who we did a program with called Eat With, where we went to their host house and we ate a meal with them. Um, and they really helped us see a different side of Istanbul, but we only met them like the second to last day. So we only had one extra day there, but that really did help. But yeah, a little underwhelmed with Istanbul as well. You said there was a second thing that we were underwhelmed so with. So the second thing, which I thought you might mention, is one part of our trip in South Africa was this coastal drive that everybody was like, every blog you read, every trip advisor or lonely planner, whatever, you have to drive this coastal, this coastal route called the garden route. Well, it was not good. It was a, a highway that's not even on the coast and it's boring. It's really boring and it's really long. So the only good parts about it is that eventually you'll get to these seaside towns and some of the seaside towns are pretty cool. Like we talked about wilderness where we had the great meal in our in another podcast. We talk about Plettenberg where we did, went on the best hike when we did our South Africa podcast. We talked about that. So, I mean, there are cool spots, but you the, the, the drive itself is not fun. We so, thought it would be like a PCH or a yeah. Great Ocean Road in Australia, like a coastal drive where you're driving on the cliffs and along the seaside. Right. Or even in, in Croatia, one of my favorite drives. Yeah, nothing like nothing that. Nothing like that. So just bear in mind, if you go to South Africa and people tell you to do the garden route, just beware that it's not a coastal drive. You go to coastal cities, but the driving part is just boring on the highway. Yeah, and again, I think that comes down to expectations. We, right. we thought it was something that it was not. Um, the underwhelming thing for me, the number one thing, 
it, it was funny. We go to Istanbul, underwhelming. Boom. We go to Myanmar and we land in Mandalay. And um, if you've heard our other podcast where I talk about me freaking out in Mandalay, I won't get too into it here. But um, it was, I had this vision. Mandalay to me sounds so exotic. And uh, we get there and it's just a dirty, dusty, big city. And I freaked out and we couldn't find any good food. I just didn't enjoy it. So, um, Totally different than what I thought. Very underwhelming. The rest of our trip through Myanmar was incredible, even if we did stay in a really bad place in Yangon. Um, but Mandalay, totally underwhelming to me. Um, we don't have to dry, uh, hit this too hard. But Istanbul, Mandalay, and you're right, the garden route, which I forgot about, were the three things that were most underwhelming this year. And again, I think that comes from heightened expectations. Two more that I want to touch on. The neatest person that we met. And I want to talk about this because for me this year, we always talk about traveling and and meeting people when you travel and it's the people you meet and not exactly the places you go. Um, But this year, I think that especially rings true because we just happened to meet some really incredible, fantastic people. And I think more so than normal. So is there anyone that you can point to, especially where you're like, yeah, I, the fact that we got to meet this person, I think it just really made my year so much brighter. Yeah, it's like you said, it's hard to say because we had so many great experiences this year and like filming the whole show in Switzerland, we got to meet tons of local people. Then we went to Africa with a group of entrepreneurs where we knew just like two people and the rest of the group, we didn't know anyone at all. We met really cool people there. So it's really hard for me to narrow this down. So I'm going to stick it to the category of women and I'm going to choose three women. Go ahead. <laughs> really quickly, two people that I met in on our trip through Kenya Gree, who's another entrepreneur, and she just has really great business advice, and I really love her zest for life. She's quite an inspiring person and um, has some pretty crazy stories. And I also met another person, Molly, this year, who is like a yoga expert, and she's very spiritual, and I just really respected her view on life because it's not a view that I usually take on life. And she did it in such a way that it was like just resonated with me because it wasn't too out there. You know what I mean? It was like a very grounded outlook. And then the third person who is really my one of my favorite people because we spent a lot of time with her in South Africa and I know that you loved meeting her too. And that was Jacqueline because she was our local on the ground in South Africa and she hooked it up for us so many times while we were in South Africa, she made our trip something that it wouldn't have been if it wasn't for her. If anyone's going to Cape Town, um, let us know. We'll hook you up with Jacqueline. She runs a company called Adventure Cape Town where she does personalized tours. So um, whether you want one of those or not, you know, it doesn't matter. She is an awesome expert in that area. She's fantastic. I, you know, I just picked out a few people because there are so many. Jenk and Anna, who are our Eat With hosts in Istanbul, who we met, who now live in San Diego. Uh, fantastic. Eat With was a really cool thing where you go to someone's home, and they cook you a, a meal local to that area. Um, they were great. Jacqueline in South Africa. The Leach family in Phoenix, who we stayed with for a night. Um, and she is the host of another cool podcast, Keep Your Daydream, another travel podcast. We only knew them online before we stayed with them, but we include them in the friends and family because they are friends now. Um, that was a really fun experience. The whole crew. This list is insane. I'm I, peeking onto Travis's list because we don't look at each well, other's list. And I thought I was bad, including like three I, people. Okay. I'm getting to some stuff. The whole crew from Nairobi, we took that trip uh, to Kenya. 
Um, as Heather mentioned, with some entrepreneurs, really fun, Jeff um, and Stu and their families. Um, we got to meet Boomti, who some of you may know if you ever go to CM Reap. He is the driver that I highly recommend. We actually got to meet his family for the first time when we were there this year. Sweetest people ever. The whole crew in Switzerland, everyone was fantastic. Two people I want to especially as the neatest people. One, we met a guy named Rudy when we were in Switzerland, who you will see in the show. He's 75 years old. He still skis. He has he crazy stories. Between Switzerland and France every year. Switzerland and Italy every oh, year. That's what I meant. Um, and we call him our Swiss grandpa. We just became really, really close with him in the one day that we spent with him. He's fantastic. And then when we were in... Um, in Kenya, and we were building the schools there and, ha- and watching them build the schools, there was a guy that we met named Mosh who has a fantastic story. And he was one of the people who was displaced when there was internal civil war in Kenya and um, lost his home because he was in, in one of the tribes that, that you know was getting decimated, lost his home, saw a lot of family members and friends killed. And now he's he, he said he was angry for the longest time. And um, now he's able to forgive and he has actually headed up the projects to build schools because he sees the value in education for the younger people because when he was 12, the Civil War broke out and he didn't get to have the education. So now he heads up all the... He's the head mason for all their school projects there for World Teacher Aid. He is one of the nicest people I've ever met. Um, we call him Super Mosh because the guy can do everything. His story is just incredible. And I, I never imagined that I would get to meet someone like that. You know, we were going to watch a school being built, but he really became a friend and, and a really inspiring person. So we met amazing people. Yeah, I feel like we could do a podcast on just the amazing people that we, we met could. in so, the year of 2015. <laughs> we could. Keep your eyes and ears open when you're traveling because it is about the people that really make the, the travel, the travel. And so the last question we've got here, and that's because this is the question, is the last, that's the last question that I always ask people when I interview them, Hep, and that is their biggest travel mishap. So let's talk about our biggest travel mishap from 2015. And I think we probably have the same one. I think we have the same one because we were so fortunate this year that we didn't really have many mishaps. No, believe it or not. I we didn't have that many mishaps. I can't think of another single one besides this one, which is kind of epic. And that is... That we uh, had a little passport issue, believe it or not, um, coming from me who has had a few passport issues. We were in um, Bangkok with my family, with my mom and my dad. They had come to visit Thailand. It was a fantastic three-week trip. And we wanted to go to Cambodia. So they flew into Bangkok the night before. We spent one night in Bangkok and we we're getting ready to fly out to go to Siem Reap. To Cambodia. My mom has just had foot surgery. She is on crutches. She can't move that well. She's in a little bit of pain. We get to the airport and um, she can't get on the plane because she doesn't have a valid passport. Now, she has a valid passport, but in order to get into Cambodia and get the visa, you have to have six months of validity on your passport, something I didn't check and probably should have right. told her. She only had two months. Her passport expired two months from the date that we were flying. And so they were not going to let her on this flight. And as much as Travis was trying to sweet talk his way into letting all of us on this flight, they were just not having it. So, you know, we're immediately in fixer mode like we're the travelers we're here with travis family we've got to fix this now, my mom feels really bad by yeah. the way she thinks it's her fault i feel like it's my fault because i probably should have t- i i didn't know you need six months of validity to get into cambodia it's not something that i ever thought of because you, we always had so she we, could get into thailand fine because they don't care about how many months of validity but 
Cambodia, you do. And yeah. I, I just In some didn't know countries, that. that is a requirement. So you should always check that. You know, passport and visa things can always trap you sometimes. But anyway, you know, fortunately, we had our phone. Like I had my iPhone and I just called the U.S. Embassy and I'm like on the phone with them. What can what can be done? And I'm thinking there's no way this is going to work out. There's no way that we're going to be able to make it to Cambodia. Long story short, the U.S. Embassy in Bangkok has got to be the nicest U.S. Embassy in all the world. Those people. Because they were so accommodating. They're like, yeah, you can come in. She can fill out her paperwork and then we can get her passport, like a temporary year passport. And we'll get it to you by, you know, the end of the day. So that way you could still get on a flight today even. So we were supposed to fly out in the morning. We okay. could, 10, 10 we couldn't, right? They wouldn't let her on. So then what happened was, yeah, we went back to the embassy. Luckily, we're at Bangkok's pretty easy to get around. We went back to the embassy, which was right by our hotel. We, well, got, we went to the embassy for the first time. Yeah, we, we got her um, we got her temporary passport. Only took like an hour and a half, mm-hmm. really. They were super nice about it. They even let Heather go in with her because normally someone's not allowed to go in. Only the person who needed the passport, but she was hobbled. She was on crutches. She was a little a little frantic. Not too bad, but she was like, she had never been there before um, to Thailand. We actually then called the hotel, asked if we could come back to the room we had been in. That we had checked already out Already checked of. out of. They let us come in for free. Um, the rad, the Radisson there, they let us come in for free. That was awesome. So we spent like four hours back at the hotel going well, the to the pool. the passport was processing. Well, then, you know, Trav's mom is exhausted. And I'm like, there's no reason that you should have to go back to the embassy. Why don't I just call them up and see if they'll let me pick up the passport? So, of course, they do. They let me go pick up her passport. Like, they're just so accommodating. We get the passport. We get new flights. And we land in Cambodia at like 9 p.m. Right, that Which night. was only eight hours. Hours after we had originally planned to arrive. So it was a huge mishap, but it worked out so smoothly. I'm still in shock to this day. We have a lot of people we thank it off. at the Bangkok Embassy and at Air Asia for then allowing us to get on the later flight to Siem Reap without really having to pay that much money. They did credit us for the flight earlier. It took a little persuasion, um, <laughs> but they did do that. So it, yeah, it turned out to be a really good story. But yeah, a, a year cannot go by. A whole year cannot go by, Smalls, without us having a passport issue because I mean, what yeah, kind of travelers would be, we be if that happened? Yeah. So that is our biggest travel mishap, my mom's passport situation, not being allowed to go to Cambodia. Now we share something in common. We were both not allowed to go to a Southeast Asian (laughs) country because of a passport issue. So love you, mom. You know, you're part of the traveling family now. Um, let us know, guys, in the comments. You know, we touched on some of our superlatives for the year. Let us know some of the stuff that you did. You know, what were best trip? Yeah, your best trip. Biggest your favorite, mishap. Biggest mishap. Of course, let us know your biggest mishap because we always we're pretty wide open and honest about it. So let us know that we're not the only ones doing goofy things here. You know, most maybe your your most unexpected thing that happened to you in a good way, traveling or or otherwise, maybe most underwhelming, craziest thing you did. Whatever, put some of that in the show notes. We'd love to hear it. You can get the show notes at extra pack of peanuts.com slash pods we'll link everything up that we talked about here but yeah leave us a comment let us know um definitely biggest mishap if you have one share that with us and then yeah tell some of your accommodations and some of the crazy things that you did um in the show notes there uh shout out to our sponsors don't forget if you're looking for a travel backpack head to tortugabackpacks.com use the promo code epop epop all capital letters because that will get you 10 percent off your entire order lots of people with tortugas out there nowadays 
I get to see all the orders that come in. It's pretty cool that you guys are traveling around the world um, with your Tortuga backpacks. Don't forget too, if you're not on our email newsletter list, you know, if you want to know when the TV show is coming out, or you want to know what's going on at Epop, um, we're also going to bribe you by giving you an awesome video series four videos, how we always get the cheapest flights. So when you sign up for the email newsletter list, you'll get that automatically. And you can get on the email newsletter list by texting peanuts. P-E-A-N-U-T-S. I haven't made her spell it for a few shows now. Text the word peanuts to 33444. That will get you on our email newsletter list. Pretty cool technology. Also, a reminder... um. Throughout the holiday season, you guys have been awesome helping support the show. A really easy way you can do that is if you're going to be buying anything from Amazon, instead of going right to Amazon.com, you can go to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash Amazon. That will take you to the Amazon homepage, but we will get a small commission on anything that you buy. So during the holidays, this has been crazy. Um, you guys have been super supportive using that link. So thank you guys so much for that. Whenever you want to buy anything from Amazon throughout the year, if you want to help support the show in a really easy way, just go to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash Amazon or extrapackofpeanuts.com slash Amazon CA if you're in Canada. That will help support the show. When you think Amazon, think of a 50-pound bag of peanuts if you want to remember how to link through. Like imagine buying a 50-pound bag of peanuts off Amazon. That'd be cool. What if that shows up at your door? Uh, Yeah, I wouldn't know what to say. That's for sure. That's a lot of peanuts. (laughs) I hope you have a pet elephant. So thank you guys so much for the support. (laughs) Thank you as always for making us the number one travel podcast on iTunes. And of course, until next time, Happy Happy free free travels. travels.